0: coming up this week on the course of life podcast my travel continues i'm actually live from the pga professional national championship in new mexico at the hyatt regency tamaya plus on the pga tour we're talking about another winner for my picks uh we're tuned into a cable update and some seinfeld economy as well Uh, this week's guests we've got two really big ones i can't hype these guests enough very excited first up we got wells adams you know him as the bartender on bachelor in paradise host of best in dough and a whole lot more and we also have Brittany Linsicum, lpga legend major champion both on the podcast it's a loaded show indeed plus we're talking all things vegas for my trip coming up this week when we always end with food All of it's brought to you by our friends at the Live Take app. Mike, you've heard us and you've heard us tease the live takes that we've done recent weeks. It's official to have Live Take as our partner for All Things Debate not only in the world of golf, but in the world of sports and the world of life. You'll see us on there weekly with our own live takes. The best part about live takes and the live take app is it's where sports debates are solved once and for all. There's challenges, there's voting, where you, the people decide the winner of every debate. Not just your friends and not just that little circle and that little bubble of yours, but the people out there in the world. You can challenge us on the live take app. Check out our challenge this week where we have a very interesting golf debate coming your way on how to get around in 18 holes. Uh, so again, and it's the Live Take app with our friends at Live Take. Download the Live Take app today.
1: interwebs and welcome to course of life we are proud to be presented by our friends at desert fox golf and the live take app i'm michael all the way on the east coast in georgia and he's alex all the way in new mexico at the grand hyatt amaya for the uh, pga professionals championship we'll talk yep. about that in a little bit but first let's talk about what was going on south of the border at the mexico open at Vidante. it was john rom versus the field and the field One, Alex. And that means that you won because you had Tony Finau on your pick list and he has notched himself a victory at 24 under par.
0: Yes. Six wins in his career for Tony Finau and my sixth outright winner of 2023. So a little symmetry there for Finau Mm. getting it done. And yeah, that was the storyline all week was John Rom had Tiger Woods like odds to win. And lo and behold, he was right there in the thick of things but he could not get it done as the overwhelming favorite. I faded Rom. I went with Finau and a few other guys like Brandon Wu and Eric Cole. had great weeks. It was a fantastic picking week for me. I had it laid out for Tony Finau. He he loves kind of feasting on events like this, Mike. I, I'm going to say this was maybe his most legit win uh, of the four he's had in his last 18 starts, but but I always notice that he seems to be feasting on these like less-than-stellar fields is when yes. he has his best weeks. It's interesting.
1: Yeah, that's been a talk about him all along is that he can't win loaded fields. And, you know, John Rom was there. He was in the final group or the final group being because there were three of them in these final groups yeah. with uh, with John Rom and Tony Fanel playing together. Rom just never seemed to be able to get it going. He, he had one great round in the third round of 61 to get himself into good position and get in that final grouping. But other than that, Rom didn't show up the way we maybe expected him to.
0: Yeah, no, not quite, and it's sad because the guy, you know, finished twenty under par, you know, yeah. <laughs> which is interesting. But the way he defended uh, and had it and won his championship here last year so authoritatively um, led you to believe he might be a little bit more clutch in the moment on Sunday. But yeah, Finau just absolutely kept pace and kept ahead of the pack that was chasing him the whole way on the weekend. So shout out Finau. Again, I'm saying it, you know, he's won some funky field events, we'll call it. This was a funky field event, but he had a very legit challenger nipping at his heels. So shout out to Finau, the family man, for getting it done again.
1: That's right. So Tony Finau takes one point three eight six million dollars home. Yeah, solid,
0: solid for a funky field event, right? Not yeah. too bad. Yeah,
1: and five hundred five sub points, and that's what really matters. So yeah. there you go. He's doing well now. Uh, just a brief shout out to Live Golf because I feel like that's all they're allotted in today's world is a brief shout out. Uh, in fact, I, Alex, if you could cut me off at some point because the time just ends, and go ahead and do reruns of you know. Uh, big bank there usually or modern family maybe whatever whatever you think is big Taylor Gooch wins back-to-back weeks um, over Sergio Garcia in a playoff so back-to-back wins for Taylor Gooch
0: and I think the story here is what you're going to hear in an upcoming Course Life podcast episode to tease some content I got done here this week um, because I, we got some interesting perspective from Taylor Gooch on his decision to go to live, the current state of in PGA. Some very interesting ideas he threw out. So that, that's going to become a, a topic of discussion in the weeks to come on the podcast. But Taylor Gooch, red hot, back to back. Hey, whatever the hell toward is, impressive to see him play golf this well uh, two weeks in a row. So shout out to Gooch for getting it done.
1: Let's also give a shout out to the LPGA. We are recording this week's episode early on a Sunday because of Alex's schedule and travel around being out in New Mexico. But uh, past guests were all over the leaderboard. In the LPGA, they were yeah, uh, Gemma Dryberg, Gemma Driver. Shit. yeah, uh, just, uh, doing great out there. So we'll see how those results pan out. That's the podcast bump, is
0: what that is. I just, we just we really just want to pat ourselves on the shoulder right here. You saw Gemma featured. Uh, I met her an in interviewer at the Chevron second time on the show. Lo and behold, she's she's on a bunch of leaderboards. So if you're interested and you're in golf and you're trying to make it in the world of golf and, and you've got a great personality and want to be on the show, then you're going to have to hit me up because the, the podcast bump is a real thing out here.
1: Let's talk about what you've been doing out there this weekend, Alex, in New Mexico at the Hyatt Regency, Tamaya. We were there last year. It was magnificent and beautiful. And the Twin Warriors and Santa Ana Golf Course there are hosting the PGA Professionals national championship remind everyone what exactly this is because i think a lot of people are going to go The the what? Yep. So
0: this is the PGA Professional National Championship, like you said, a.k.a. the Club Pro Championship. And and what this is is a little over 300 of the best club pros, you know, PGA teaching instructors at your home courses, the courses you and I all know and love and play locally. They qualify uh, sectionally based on where they are in the country uh, for this national championship. And, And the coolest part about this is, that, which gets very overlooked in the world of golf, Mike, is the top 20 finishers at this event all get invites to the PGA Championship to play in the field alongside the world's best in a major championship. I, that can't be understated enough. That There's no other tournament that presents that type of opportunity. Uh, so it's very cool uh, to be here on site profiling the players in the event. I interviewed the 2022 champ, Jesse Mueller, who will be on the show very soon uh, and got in touch with a lot of guys who played some good rounds to start their week. And we're wishing them the best of luck the rest of the week. For those listening to the podcast right now, the event ran Sunday to Wednesday, final round Wednesday on the Golf Channel to see who gets those top 20 spots and gets to go to Oak Hill in a few weeks. So it's been a great watch. And, and like, you know, Mike, Twin Warriors, what a venue. Easy on the eyes for any golf spectator as well. Too
1: Just a fantastic desert golf course in the truest sense of the word. Of course, in the shadow of the Sandy Mountain which means watermelon. I think we were told that about 50 billion times and it doesn't, it didn't get old though. So I don't want to, I don't want to say I got tired of it because I didn't, because you just look up at the mountain you go, yeah, it is pretty awesome. It's one of the only places,
0: Mike, where I'll actually get myself up for the sunrise because it's that mm. stinking beautiful. And that's yeah. saying something, especially when you're on vacation. Uh, but it was great to see the first tea times go off on Sunday, get the whole thing started and be part of the action. Uh, reconnect with our friend Derek Gutierrez, who's helping run the show here. Uh, but again, those guests will be upcoming. Check out the interviews on social. Again, Golf Channel Wednesday but on Instagram at COL podcast and course life, Alex, I did some really cool interviews with some players who are putting themselves in a position to potentially play in the PGA championship.
1: Let's look ahead to this next week. It is the Wells Fargo championship at Quail hollow in Charlotte, $20 million purse on the line Oof. and uh, two time champion, Max Homa defending champ. What do we think?
0: Mm, yeah, you're gonna have to tell me how loaded the field is looking, but I imagine it's pretty juicy with, with where things are sitting on the calendar. We're two weeks before the PGA Championship. Uh, I've half written the preview, but yeah, Homa is definitely gonna be a guy to watch. He's in solid form. He's, guys made uh, seven, eight million dollars this season on the PGA Tour already playing yeah. golf. And <laughs> uh, why will he not play well at a course he's already played well at in recent years? So he's probably on the short list, and I'm, I'm sure he's the, the t- one of the top three favorites to win.
1: Yeah, I mean, of course, there's also going to be Patrick Cantley, who we know lost a playoff. Um, Well, he lost the playoff in 2022 with the Heritage, and he was deathly close to winning the Heritage
0: again. So he's been knocking on the door as well, too. So he's a guy with enough form that he can contend
1: as well. Yeah, so we'll see how this goes. Always a fun week outside of Charlotte uh, at Quell Hollow. Just nice of course courses you're like, "Oh yeah, Quell Hollow. That's that's nice." There. And that's Quail nice. Hollow,
0: Mike, remember this this is one of those courses that has arguably the nicest most gaudy mansions like right on the side of of, of like the greens on the front nine and around the turn. So, if nothing else, just do a little real estate watching, even if even if you're not interested in golf as well, too. Yep,
1: yep. I do just want to shout out, by the way, uh, Slovakian and Olympic uh, silver, silver medalist, medalist Rory Sabatini in the field. He did it.
0: He, got it. He, he just gets himself into fields. I think he's got some sort of exemption for maybe like top 50 money or all time or something. He, again, like Rory Sabatini's Mr. Snake of you make it. Don't even ask any questions. Just know if he, if he wants to get in the field, he can get in the field. I don't know
1: yes. how he does this. Yes, exactly. All right, let's switch over to Tuned In, where we share what we're tuning into outside of the world of sports. Uh, you know, I was in my car over the weekend, and uh, I'm one of those guys I have NPR on a lot. I'm a New Englander. Wow. I'm not I'm not ashamed of it. Nerd a, alert. I'm a liberal from New England who went to private university, just like <laughs> you, Alex. And <laughs> uh and they had on 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 was uh, the show Planet Money. Okay. It's about it's about Money in the economy and lessons we can learn from things like that. And they were doing an episode about how Seinfeld has economic lessons embedded within it. And they had interesting uh, on different economists who were talking about how Seinfeld teaches you know what it teaches us. This show about nothing teaches us things about the economy. What, did, what, it, what examples yeah. did they cite? Uh, so they brought up the muffin top episode. <clears throat> <clears throat> yes. Which, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, in this episode, Elaine shows that she likes to eat just the top of the muffin and not the bottom of the muffin. And someone at this book event that she's at decides to take that idea and make it into a store, Uh, but he only makes the muffin top and not the whole muffin. And she tells him, you can't do that. You have to pop the top off the muffin and toss the stump. And then it's, what do you do with the stumps? You try to give them to a homeless shelter, but then they're complaining because they just have the bottom of the muffin and they want to know where the rest of the muffin is. So they bring in the cleaner. They bring in Newman to clean it up. And of course, this is all about what do you do with waste in the See, economy? I think, you know? I think I
0: always thought about this too because I love that episode. Shout out Top of yeah. the Muffin to you, by the way. I, yes. I think the play would have been, which is like the very Dunkin' Donuts Munchin type of play, is you take all the stump you know, muffin and you like ball them up into little balls and you sell them as like muffin munchkins and you try to mm. get another product out of yes. something you were about to throw away. I think that's like the last grasp desperation move. Uh, but nonetheless, that is a fascinating economic lesson within Seinfeld of all places. Yeah. Interesting. It, it is about
1: what you do. And I can say working in a bakery, there are things we do like with a cake and you when you're icing a cake, you're cutting off the top of the cake. So you make it flat and this, in particular which was fantastic they were making carrot cakes for easter cut off the top of the cake froze it for a couple of weeks and then took it out and made little like cake cake and frosting cups and did like a layer of cake a layer of frosting a layer of cake a layer of frosting and sprinkled nuts on top and then you serve it it's fantastic i mean what well, could be bad so bonus always
0: about- end with food yeah. within tuned in this week there you go
1: there you go <laughs> Just for you all out there
0: <laughs> uh my tuned in is a accord Cutting update, kind of. This has always been a topic of conversation on the podcast. Uh, Mike, a renowned corn cutter, me, a renowned cable lover in all mm. aspects of life. I did a half of a cut of the cord.
2: Uh, mm. uh, at
0: and versus essentially, you know twilighting their uverse cable service so they're basically telling you in so many ways you're gonna have to change things up in the next like year or so so i bit the bullet i got a discounted rate on at and direct tv stream which still has aspects and the box like component of having cable except it's all done through a stream in which i can log in and i will say so far i am very efficient i love the multi-device usage streaming on my phone on my tablet my computer that is amazing. The live sports delay is there. It's a thing. So I really just got to stay off Twitter for an extra 30 seconds is the, is the fact of the matter when I'm watching live sports. But overall, Mike, the half cut, a success so far.
1: All right. So we're going to push you to go all the way. You're going to save a boatload of cash when you do because you're already subscribing to Netflix. You already got Prime. You already got probably a couple other streaming services going on there. So you can you can go all the way. And, and once you do, you won't look back.
0: I could. The Obviously, I think the one sitting out there that could be in my future is YouTube TV. That could mm. be a, in my path. Uh, but time will tell. We'll play the AT&T DirecTV stream out and see how it goes for now.
1: All right. Let's get into this week's first guest. It's a double... Another double header here on Course of Life. And uh Alex, it's no secret that you are a huge humungo, maybe one of the biggest between the two of us at the very least. Bachelor Superfan. Oh yeah. Uh you tweet during all the episodes. Every person you've brought in numerous guests in the past I have. who are regulars on The Bachelor. Uh, and you've you've done
0: it again. I have. This is a big one, Mike. I can't understate how big of a guest this was. And he's a great guy to, to connect with out at the Invited Celebrity Classic that I went to in Dallas a week or two ago. The bartender on Bachelor in Paradise also a big-time golf guy as well, too, talking about Wells Adams. We touch on everything going on with his life, his shows, his golf game, the Bachelor Golfing Fraternity, Uh, some really
1: fun tea uh, with Wells Adams coming your way. We'll get to that conversation with Wells in just a moment, but first, let's talk about our longtime good friends at Desert Fox Golf. We talk about them all the time because of the phone caddy, that great device that keeps your phone safe and sound. And, you know, we've been talking to you for a long time about how you can go out and buy yourself one and your friends one. Which you still can. Which you still can. But Desert Fox also is able to make customizable ones for your entire massive corporate golf outing or charity event that you may have going on that you want to give everyone a little swag. And it's great because they want to give you money. What? In return for buying their product. They're just going to give you money. They're literally gonna, you're gonna buy if you buy over a hundred phone caddies. Which, if you think about it, 18 holes, four guys a hole. And this isn't even you that's buying it. It's your company that's running the event, too. That's right. They'll give you $100 off, just wow. right off the top. Love that. Just for the And, you can, get, and that. you can get whatever color you want. You can get your own logo plastered on it so that everyone can know where they got it from. And they'll have this awesome thing on their cart to hold their phone safe. And they'll have it time and time again. And they'll see your logo every time they go golfing and they'll remember how great you are as a company. And it's all because Desert Fox wants to help you out. So this great referral program, Alex, tell them the details. What do they need to do to get this $100?
0: Real simple. Just hit us up on social at COL Podcast or at Course of Life Alex on Instagram, Course of Life One on Twitter, uh, and just connect me. I'll connect you to the Desert Fox team. Let us know about your company and your event, uh, and if there's more than 100 people there and you're buying for them, we will get the $100 referral your way. Easy way for you to make money if you work at a company
1: with more than 100 people, which I'm pretty sure a lot of people out there do. So, Yep. That's true indeed. So again, reach out to us on social media. He's course Life Alex, or the main one seal podcast. And of course, check out desertfoxgolf.com for their phone caddy and everything else they do there.
0: All right. Live course life podcast here. At the Invited Celebrity Classic outside Dallas, Texas. Here with America's favorite bartender. I feel like i have known him my entire life. Uh, Former Bachelor contestant. Tom Sandoval. No, that's
3: (laughs) America's least favorite bartender. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Also, best in dough host as well, too. I don't want to sell you short. Wells Adams joining us. Wells, how you doing? I'm doing good. I have a beer in my hand right now, so there's there's no cameras on us right now. But I have a beer in my hand, and I need it after what just transpired out there.
0: Yeah, I know. All right, so you know, tough morning tea time for you. We've all been there. Um, I guess something may have happened the day before that affected your tea ball, or what went on yesterday evening with the rest of the pro am here.
3: Yeah, Alex, I'm hungover. Um, I got drunk last night. So here's the thing. Um, you know, when you play a bartender on TV, everyone thinks that they need to make you their best drink ever, and um, that you usually, have to try them all too. Yeah, you have to try them all, and usually have to drink them all. And <laughs> guess what? I drank them all, uh, so I'm a little hungover today, but I, I feel great. Uh, I, play, I hit the ball fine. Uh, the problem with Texas is it's very windy here. Mm. I'm not sure if anyone told you guys about that. Um, like there were times when it was like probably 30 mile an hour winds in. And, yeah, it was tough. Yeah,
0: um, Dallas and Houston, crazy weather. I'm in Austin where nothing goes wrong ever. So, we always complain about how crazy the weather gets here. But you got the full Dallas experience, uh, yeah. indeed.
3: I was just in Austin, by the way. Oh, nice. What for? I was, I was there for a wedding. Then I was there for South by Southwest before that. That is the coolest town in the world. There's a sushi place there called... Um, <laughs> there's so many good Oak, ones. Oak, Oak is something or something. is amazing. Anyway, sorry, cut yeah. that. But, Omasaki. Omasaki, yes. So freaking good. I love Austin. Sorry. Dallas is great too. Amazing foodie town indeed. Um, let's talk about
0: um, a recent golf um, travel that you mentioned uh, on your favorite thing. We got to get to your trip to Augusta and the Masters. I had the pleasure of going for the first time last year. Yeah, I know you had
3: a very similar experience this year. This year,
0: you. What was the most euphoric part about the experience? I think I know what you are going to
3: say. I, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have the same experience. Uh, when I came down eleven into twelve uh, into the Amen Corner, I did tear up. And yeah, I I like I'm I'm not a bitch, but like it made me very very emotional. As a Kermit really? that I you. I have these like visions of like watching with my dad, you know, as a child, and getting to be there and seeing it uh, was just really emotional. And it's as beautiful as you think it is, and it's you know everyone says that um, it's it's much more up and down and undulating uh, than TV uh, shows. It's shocking, but that's true. The thing that blew me away the most for people that haven't been to Augusta the fairways are so wide. You can spray the ball all over the yard. It's the greens that screw you there. And they are that's the that's the thing. They always talk about how the undulation of Augusta you can't see on TV. You can't see the undulation of the greens on TV because they're all turtlebacks. Like it's insane. If you're not on the right level, you always hear like if you're not on the right level you're screwed. No. You're on a different hole if you're not on the right level. Yeah. So uh, that was something that was just blew my mind. I was like, oh, my snap hook would be still in the in the fairway. It's just getting on the green in the right spot.
0: And those surfaces are so tough, they don't even need deep rough on the course either. Too.
3: Yeah. There's, just, there's there, none of that. that. That's <laughs> the thing. There, there is no rough. <laughs> like, it's like, it's shorter rough than we have at, like, my home club. Yeah. And, and still that course, you know, just terrorizes the best players in the world. But yeah, it was... It was so awesome. I got to give a shout out to my wife who that was our, my first Christmas gift.
0: Yeah. How did she put together the the package? I mean, listen, she's very rich. Uh, She's got (laughs) some connections with Augusta National. Yeah.
3: No, I think she pulled as many strings as she possibly could. And she said, listen, it's all downhill from here. Like it's never going to get as good. But I'll tell you the funny story about that. So we always do Christmas at my house. And uh, my brother, who's my caddy, who's here, he's an absolutely wonderful man. Uh, He gave my Christmas gift to me first, which was around at Cypress Point. And I lost my mind. And anyone who knows golf knows, like there's two Alistair McKenzie courses you wanna play and it's Cypress and it's Augusta. And so I was like, this is the greatest gift ever. And my brother, Was like I'm gonna get the glory for about three minutes because then my wife handed me a box full of like Augusta stuff. Wow, she just went right over the top there, didn't she? She (laughs) did, she did. But they were both great gifts. This was a banner year at the Adams household. Very cool. Um, I got to mention fellow member of Bachelor Nation. Ben Higgins is
0: out here, too. I'm curious yeah. uh, what the fraternity of golfers is like in Bachelor Nation. I'm sure you've played with some. You definitely, I've seen Ben's game. Looks like he plays a lot. He gets out. Ben's pretty good. Um, but what's
3: it like in the Bachelor Nation scene? Who, how, how are the power rankings and who gets out there the most? Well, here's the thing. I'm not a sandbagger like Ben is. Okay. I play to about a four. Ben says he plays to a seven, but that's not true. He is probably a four or a five. Uh, Jason Tardick's pretty good. Okay. Nice. Uh, I'll tell you who's very good. And also a sandbagger. Here's your headline. Chris Harrison (laughs) plays to like a six. He beats us every single time we go and play. But I actually had... We had um, a member guest last month at my course in L.A., and I brought Ben out. He had never seen my home course. He came out, beat me, and... Yeah, he's pretty good, but I'm going to beat him this week. That's all that really matters. Okay.
0: Yeah. What are your thoughts about uh, this format? Um, I've seen you play with the ladies earlier this year. I was actually just with the ladies in the Woodlands yesterday for their major championship, the Chevron, and um, the, obviously the pro-am format, mixing celebrities and athletes like yourself with the world's best. What do you enjoy about seeing the best up
3: close? And what, do you, what are you trying to take away, at least, if anything? Yeah, you learn a lot. I mean, you know, I played three, four times a week. Uh, when I'm not working and you run into bad habits. I and mean, when you watch these, these pros um, and like, the, the, I think the thing that us amateurs don't do very well is like have a routine and like constantly stick to it. Right. And, and these guys do it so very well. Also we all like sit on the driving range and, and bang drivers. And I don't think that's the play. I think it's chipping and putting is the thing that you see that they're so much better than us at. Like, they can spray it all over the yard, too, but they're able to get up and down for par so much easier than we are. It's one of those things you just got to learn. It's so funny because every time you come to the course, you go straight to the driving range. You should go straight to the putting green and work on that.
0: I know. There's
3: the allure of hitting the bomb,
0: but, you know, if you just get up and down right in someone's face, it probably hurts just as much. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, we're here with Wells Adams, um, Bachelor in Paradise bartender. You know him from The Bachelorette as well, too. Um, Let's talk a little bit uh, about what your background is, because we have a similar one that came from radio. I'm curious about um, your radio background and how that kind of helped you get to where you are today. Obviously, kind of being able to talk in front of different audiences definitely helped you get the hosting gigs that you
3: have now. But um, tell me about radio and the effect it had on your career. Yeah. I mean, I had my first radio show and I was 16 years old in high school and then I kind of caught the bug for it. I went to college to get my broadcast journalism degree. I, I, uh, you know, I had a radio show and uh, actually a TV show as well, like in in college. Um, and I worked in Nashville for 13 years as a radio host and I did every day part, every format. and then I I did this stupid thing where I, I used to go on the auditions and I would purposely be bad at them, so it was radio fodder. Mm. Like so, my morning show. Okay. I'd be like, I didn't get the meow. And this Knicks is like commercial. the
0: bit at seven forty-five in the yes. morning, right after the traffic. Yeah. And I
3: would go over like lines with like my intern or my <laughs> co-host, and I would be terrible. And then I wouldn't get the part, and I'd be cr- so crestfallen the next day. And I went and did this for The Bachelor at. And guess what? I was the right amount of douchey for that show. And then I went on it. And then after that, I think they realized that I was good at talking Um, and I was also good at making an old fashioned. So they made me the bartender and the rest is history. Is it true that you went to bartending school to get better? At well, your skills, or you you, you kind of relearn the craft as I, the seasons have gone on? Yeah, right? so like, uh, it, there's no money in radio. I'm so sorry for you. Oh no. Uh, yeah, just so My you dreams, know. they're yeah, I shattered. <laughs> so I used to, I used to moonlight um, as a waiter and a bartender in Nashville. And then also, this is when I was doing like nights and overnights yep. uh, on the radio. So I'd had two jobs. And so I was a bartender and I was a waiter. Was I good? No. Uh, am I good now? absolutely not but when i got this bartending gig i went the first year and just was like i'm just gonna have to make margaritas it'll be fine and then i realized that people had a lot more requests of me and my skills so i went to bartending school i didn't graduate because i had to leave early to go film so i still have yet to graduate from bartending school but i still think i have my abc card from my nashville days so i still can legally make you a drink nice interesting and so
0: obviously the drink that we see on bachelor in paradise all the time is the pretty much world famous wells spicy margarita yeah is there anything specific that's going on that spicy margarita that
3: different makes it different from the other or is this a million dollar secret that we're holding on to here no it's a serrano pepper and uh serrano okay and yeah it's not a jalapeno and it's always funny because it's always a girl who thinks she's a baddie and she's like, I like a spicy margarita. I'm like, okay, I'm just telling you, this is gonna give you explosive diarrhea. And she's like, I can handle it. And then I do it, and then she's like, mm, I can't. Every single year, I get a girl that wants a spicy and she can't handle it, and it's so funny. Um, There's always those cut scenes where everyone's just like, another spicy mark? Okay, yeah. no, like, it makes me think they're down on these, but you yeah, can't I handle don't. too many, right? No, you you <laughs> can't even finish one. <laughs> Because Here's the thing. I don't want to be muddling serrano peppers all day. So I usually just try to make it too spicy for them right off the bat so they never ask for it again. (laughs) Great stuff. All right. Wells Adams here
0: joining us. Uh, Wells Adams on Instagram to follow along his bachelor and golf journeys. Um, Let's get to some fun sides of life for you. One thing that you post that I appreciate so much is just you and your wife's episode commentary. Just following episodes. It's, It's the simplest, most subtle thing you probably do. You're just sitting on the couch. <laughs> what, yeah. what inspires those conversations that I have with
3: my wife and everyone else at home has when, when they're in their couch there? Well, it's funny because I'm a part of like, you know, this weird Bachelor Nation thing. But I also feel the same way everyone else feels <laughs> when you watch it. So, yeah, it's just uh, it's so funny, too, because, you know, I'm a little too close to it now. Uh, my wife will will be like, I hate that person. I can't stand them. And I'm like, you, you can't say that because you're going to meet them. Yeah, I feel like I'm getting too close to right now. We're going to go to some party and you're going to like meet them. You can't. And what's amazing about this whole thing is that now she's the host of Love Island. And so then I watch Love Island, which is, by the way, a knockoff of my show. And uh, and I'll be like, I hate so and so. And she'd be like, no, they're actually pretty nice. And you're going to meet them. So you have to be nice. And I'm like, see, this is what I'm talking about. So it's come full circle for us. <laughs> Very neat. Uh, another
0: place where we, we see you as well, your favorite thing podcast. For people who don't know you do an awesome podcast with a Cyrus sister. Yeah. I mean, how freaking cool is that? Just dishing on pop culture stories with someone who's also kind of that connected to everything going on as well.
3: Yeah. I mean, going back to your question about radio. So originally I was doing uh, there was a point in which I worked for iHeart and I did three different formats. I did alt in the morning, a morning show. I did afternoon drive on classic rock and I did nights on CHR pop. And so I had known Brandy Cyrus forever. And my thought was, if I get a Cyrus to do a show with me, we'll get it syndicated and we'll make so much money. Not only did iHeart not pick up the show, they didn't like the podcast that we created and they passed on it. And then we were like, well, we're just going to do this ourselves. And, And this is seven years later and we've made... I made more money on this podcast than I ever did for my heart. So there you go. Very cool. Now, I love hearing you guys
0: dish and with takes on everything going on in the world of Hollywood, spinning circle every day and you guys cover everything really yeah. well. Um, let's do some food questions. We okay. always end with food on every uh, course of Right, I host
3: have. a show about pizza.
0: So. Exactly. So let's get to Best in Dough yeah. and, and what you've learned from that experience hosting this pizza making competition. It, it's fascinating to see the details that go into making pizza, which seems like such a simple thing on the surface at times. And
3: it's not. And uh, also, if you thought that I had a great gig making drinks for a bunch of beautiful idiots in Mexico every year, you ain't seen nothing yeah, yet. Pizza
0: and cocktails I get, are your gigs. I just put this yeah. together in my
3: head. I like, get to eat pizza every day. That's a pretty amazing gig. Um, the thing that you don't realize about pizza, um, dough is huge. Par baking is a big deal that I didn't know about. And my co-host is a baker himself, so he's okay to
0: teach me the ropes of bread making. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Like par baking is huge. Water is really important, and we did one episode with um, some nonas, like grandmas from Italy. It's like the famous, like the water here, the water's coming yeah, from here, so, so it makes and the And it's pizza. so funny because my wife is from Manhattan. Yeah. And so she's like, the water is better in New York than it is anywhere else. And that's why the pizza is better. And I'm like, that's the dumbest thing in the world. And then we did our first episode with these grandmas from Italy. And she, she brought three gallons of water from New York in her check bag. Wow. And gosh dang it, if it, she wasn't right, like it was very, very good. The other thing is... um, uh spicy chili or chili sauce is very important with pizza and i didn't realize that but you really have to make a good chili uh chili oil for your pizza and then honey on the crust is chef's kiss Mm, okay honey on the crust. that's a good nugget there i like that um
0: you mentioned the trip to the masters not only did you appreciate the no phone life when you were there just like taking it all in but you talked about the concession reviews and the world famous sandwiches and everything like that all right we talked about how the chicken salad was new on the menu this year the georgia peach ice cream sandwich was back but in the end what what was your favorite concession item you had at augusta
3: national oh um i saw this like on like the i don't know if it was like golf digest or whatever they're like rank your favorite master's sandwich and i wrote uh, on it like you don't even have the best one on there, which is the barbecue pulled pork mm, yes. hands down. I thought it was the best one. Then maybe so Sarah liked the, um, ham and cheese on rye. I liked the club, then egg salad, then chicken salad okay. yeah. at the bottom was the ice cream sandwich. Wow.
0: Didn't hit that. Didn't care for it. I didn't get it last year. So interesting to know. Um, what type of
3: tacos was it on your first date with mm. Sarah? I Remember? made them. Yeah. I made them. And I think I did, um, I think I did my skirt steak tacos for the first night. And then I think I made spicy um, shrimp tacos for the second date. It's always a good combo. Steak and shrimp. Love
0: that. And then the 19th whole question is what we like to end with. So you get in the clubhouse, you just played 18, and you're sitting down for your favorite meal and drink in
3: the clubhouse. What are, what are you ordering? Ooh. Okay. So at my club. Yeah. Okay. So before I get there, on 15, we have this thing called The Shack. And Are I, you referring to Troubadour or, for, or a different place? I know Troubadour has a lot
0: of those nice little snack shacks and things like that. And no, 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 no. Okay. But I do love all that's, those properties. I am at lakeside out okay. in LA. Got it, yeah.
3: Um, the chicken salad, two scoops, some sriracha. That's some great shit. Um, we have this thing called Steak Bites, which is a steak on a piece of bread that's cut up. That's fire- um, I do like the pom frites, French fries, but I mean, at the end of the day, I'm a cheeseburger guy. Yeah. What Cheeseburg- about you? Cheeseburger is like the Tiger Woods answer
0: of this question in the four-year history of yeah. the vodka.
3: I say cheeseburger one, the, the chicken Caesar
0: combo comes up a lot. Chicken Caesar salad, chicken Caesar wrap, just kind of a lighter thing I after a long like day the on a hot chicken, course. I do like that. the
3: Caesar. That's yeah. what I get a lot. And then what's the cocktail though, or, or drink? I mean, you got to be right now, but. Well. <clears throat> at my club there's a guy named frankie fonseca that's a crazy uh, name for he, a guy to club he's the best <laughs> and he has a famous drink called the fonseca which is basically a tequila soda with like a half an orange squeezed into it and it is so good nice so anytime so you come to la this. you come to my club get a fonseca and you'll be well you'll be wasted but Very you'll cool. be uh, happy Nice. Love that. Um, and uh, I guess to wrap, though, so the question is, I, I
0: saw Ben out here earlier. You versus Ben, 18 holes, just head-to-head, no strokes. What does that match look
3: like? Yeah, I think I got him. It's funny, though. We play a lot. Um, do you play straight up now, or is you give each other strokes at all? Or what does it look like when you get on the first team? Well, so he beat me today, I think. Um, okay. But today didn't matter. Yeah. It's Friday, Saturday, that was, Sunday that matters. How, yeah. um, I think it's pretty close, but I do think that I am a little bit better than Ben. But if Harrison's involved, he's taking all of our money. All right, Harrison, stay away. Let us live our life. Yeah. He's going to come next year, he said, and he's going to take all our money.
0: Wells Adams, thank you so much for hopping on the course of life, man. Appreciate you taking the time. This was fun.
1: And we're back. Great chat there with Wells Adam. I'm surprised he can remember what he ate on his first date. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, it's tacos. You know, everyone loves tacos. I mean, yeah, but I, I don't. I don't remember what I had on my first date. With any of the 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 women I dated, any
0: of your dozens, if not hundreds, <laughs> of suitors that
1: you had, Mike, is that what you're oh, saying? Oh, you know, you know I was a ladies' man.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And my first date was just one beer, ironically, so there was no food involved. Interesting how yeah, that works. Okay. Uh, but yeah, fancy uh, taco dinner, and obviously led to love for for Wells Adams and Sarah Hyland. And Mike, how about Sarah Hyland coming over the top, delivering the master's tickets? To wells I mean what what a gift to get from a wife to a husband um, just stuffed that in the face of everyone
1: there really impressive stuff yeah, I mean, if my wife gave me master's tickets i don't I don't know what kind of you know I would be forever in her debt forever. You'd write
0: that day and so. down in your calendar for the rest of your life. The you day know, that you got we, the tickets too.
1: The day we got married and then the day she gave me master's tickets. Exactly. The two best days of my life.
0: <laughs> that was awesome hearing about Wells' Augusta experience. If you love Bachelor Nation, there's a lot more where that came from. Uh, we have great guests on the course of life from all walks of life from Hollywood to professional sports and beyond. Uh, so be sure to subscribe right now. Follow us on IG and Twitter at Podcasts, Course of
1: Life 1. And uh, we thank you for tuning in as well. All right, let's get into the second guest of our doubleheader here. And we're going back to just a couple weeks ago, Alex, when you were at the Chevron Championship. You you've been traveling all over the place the last few I'm weeks, busy man, yeah. And uh, you talked to a lot of LPGA stars there and You caught up with one in particular who's the only woman to ever shoot under par in a PGA Tour event. How about that, Mike? That's an interesting little factoid. You know, we we always hear a lot
0: about, you know, women who have competed in PGA Tour events, namely Michelle Wee, Annika Sorenstam, Susie Willie, but people forget Brittany Linsicum not only competed in the 2018 Barbasol Championship, she shot an under par round finished with a hole out and everything. It was cool to to relive that and the amazing memories from a major championship winning career of a golfer that you and I, Mike, have been following seemingly forever on the LPGA. It was great to see her out there and an awesome chat coming your way with Brittany Linscombe.
1: We'll get to that in a moment as well. But first, let's talk about our partners at Swing Juice. We talked to you about them the last couple of weeks. They make Cool tees, polos. Yep. uh, You know, a sweet logo. They they sent me a care package, and the wife approved of everything. Yeah, and And I I got a golf
0: and hip hop hoodie that I was wearing out at the course yesterday, and I got multiple compliments on it. You know what I mean? Just that nice swag from Swing Juice. We love what they make, so check out SwingJuice.com. Promo code Life twenty for everything they have to offer in their online store. We love Dakota and the Swing Juice team. So again, check out SwingJuice.com. Promo code Life twenty to save today. All right. Next up on the course of life podcast live from the Chevron championship, two time major champion LPGA vet and mom to Emery and Sophia as well, too. It's Brittany Linscombe joining the course of life. How are you, Brittany?
2: I'm great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's
0: great to have you on. Been a fan of your game for a long time Been watching you since I was little. And you've been out here for a long time. (laughs) I have. Thank you. Are we still
2: doing Bam Bam? Do you still get Bam Bam every once in a while? Absolutely. I mean, it's so fitting. You know, (laughs) I used to be one of the longest hitters. Now, obviously, you know, mama too, getting older, uh, don't hit it quite as far, but I still try my hardest. I I still want to see the ball go 300 yards every time.
0: (laughs) That's good. I mean, talk about that, that revolution with with getting longer. I I mean, you see it in every tour Uh now, obviously you were definitely at the forefront of that, but, Mm -hmm. um, it takes a lot more to compete distance wise out here. Absolutely.
2: You know, um, I mean, you don't need distance. Obviously you see some of our shorter hitters that just, you know, get it up and down. Amazing putters. Short game is definitely key. Um, but you know, fans, I feel like, like to see people hit it far and, um, I always say, even if I hit it, you know, 300 yards in the rough, I still have a wedge in my hand. So it's not that big of a deal. So I feel like distance, you know, I see young kids, I'm always like, hit it as far as you can. And then we'll work on, you know, getting it back into the fairway. Cause you can't, you can't, you got to learn how to hit it far at a young age and, and, you know, kind of use that growing up. It's hard to, learn how to hit it far once you're older.
0: You know what? I'm, I'm the exact testament to that because <laughs> I'm playing the game my entire life, but I still can't crack a drive like further than 250 on the other So, you know, you're right. There is some early onset learning mm-hmm. to the distance thing. Um, and speaking of, of yourself growing up, uh, playing and learning the game, one story that I found very interesting is that you actually did something that I did when I was a little kid that got me hooked into the game which was you were a sign girl as a yeah. kid. Tell me about that volunteer experience when mm-hmm. you were little and kind of the significance of what that meant to you. As yeah, a
2: actually, Laura Davies gave me that name sign girl when I uh, turned pro and I came out here. You know, Laura Davies, John Daly hit it far. I love watching them play. And I did the standard bearing for them at the JCPenney <laughs> Classic back in the day at Innisbrook, nice. which was in Tampa, uh, just down the road from my house. I played that course once. Oh, it's but, so yeah, beautiful. beautiful. Um, so I just, I love watching them. So when I came out on tour, I brought the picture of course, and I showed Laura. And so she just kind of nicknamed me the sign girl, uh, kind of around my rookie year on tour. So it's been a joke that we have all the time and, um, just a cool experience. You know, we see, we have young kids out here doing it all the time. And I just feel like getting them inside the ropes and and seeing what we do firsthand. I feel like that just inspires them to want to be golfers one day.
0: Yeah. And there's, there was that cool kid factor of like being inside the ropes and seeing the tournament Mm -hmm. firsthand that I learned really fast. There was a, tour champions event when I was a little kid in my mm. hometown in Massachusetts. So I got to walk 18 holes with Gary Player, oh, 18 wow. holes with Arnold Palmer, 18 <laughs> holes with Lee Trevino. And I saw the greats like firsthand and that like yeah.
2: absolutely got me hooked. So, oh,
0: absolutely. Highly I, endorsed.
2: Yeah, I love that. It's very cool. cool.
0: So what's it like for you now? Obviously, balancing game and life is very different you remember that you have that memory of a kid now you've mm-hmm. got little ones of your own yeah um so how do things take priority in a 52 week year yeah
2: yeah you know it's a little bit different just time management is a, is a little bit different than it used to be you know i used to kind of just go out and practice whenever you know right. do do have my own schedule and then we had our first daughter who's now three and a half and uh you know you kind of just work around her schedule a little bit you know take naps when she takes naps yeah totally uh we play a lot of toys um and now with two, obviously, just it makes it just a little bit harder. You know, we have uh, my parents travel with me every week, which is great when I have the girls out. And uh, we have a great daycare on tour with Smuckers and they provide daycare for us. So that's fantastic. You never have to worry. That's awesome. You know, they're, really? it's the same ladies every week and you never know, have, to, have to worry about them. So I know they're safe when I'm playing. And um, so it's just a little bit different, you know, time management meant of uh, just going out and getting my practice done early and then spending time with the girls in the afternoon.
0: Very cool. Um, one career highlight that I want to get to that should never ever be overlooked, and I want to mention <laughs> I want to mention in every interview you do for the rest of your life yep. is that you did compete in a PJ Tour event in 2018, mm-hmm. the second woman ever to break par in a PJ Tour event <laughs> as well. Too very cool. I'm curious uh, that 2018 uh, Barbara Barbersall event that you competed in. Mm-hmm. What did you learn from that experience? And still like to this day, kind of looking back on that week, mm-hmm. what did that mean to you?
2: It's just uh, learning how to control my nerves. You know, I actually talked to Annika Sorenstam leading up to it because she uh, did it. And just learning how to, I was so nervous, just learning how to like calm myself down and just to, you know, the first couple holes, you know, I was so nervous. There's so many people watching, so many fans, so many, so much media attention. Um, It just, so learning how to control my nerves that week, and then just taking that into, you know, regular tournaments, next major that I had to play, um, just kind of learning how to just handle all those emotions. Uh, It was pretty crazy, but it was super great. You know, I was so worried that, either fans or the, the PGA guys weren't going to be very accepting. And they right. were actually very, everyone was welcoming and everybody was very cool. And it was an awesome experience and glad I did it. That's cool. What,
0: what was that, um, like phone call or the moment you found out that that was going <laughs> to happen? Like how, how did that come to fruition? Yes.
2: Before there? So my agent and the Barbasol sponsor are great friends. And he said, Hey, you know, I have this spot, you know, I would love to give it to Brittany. So of course my agent called me and we talked about it for a very long time of, of pros and cons of of
0: also, how that might would be
2: look. a prank, too. This is a prank. This I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I said, I saw Annika Sorenstam do it. I've seen yeah. Michelle Wee do it. I thought it would be really cool to try someday. Um, the golf course was was great. It was going to f- uh, set up really well for my game, but we got like four inches of rain leading up to it. So the golf mm. course played really long, um, which was unfortunate. But, um, you know, shot even par. I hold out on the last hole, which was cool. The par five, which is cool. So yes, yeah. uh, a lot of highlights.
0: Very cool. Um, as we, uh, get into what life looks like now in 2023, um, when you navigate newish courses like this, mm-hmm. first off, how much experience do you have with the course? Have you, played you played it many times? I've
2: what? only played nine. Um, okay. and the nine is spectacular. The driving range and the chipping green. And like, uh, I would, I hate practicing. Everyone knows that about me, but if I had this practice facility, I probably yeah. would do it a lot because it's just so beautiful.
0: It is expansive. <clears throat> so when you first get out to mm-hmm. a new course like this, are you just like eagle eyes, like looking for everything? Are you looking at pin positions, ball placement? What, what, are, the, mm-hmm. what are the keys to learn the golf course the
2: fastest? Yeah, course? so um, definitely played nine holes yesterday. We're going to play nine holes today and the nine holes tomorrow. Um, 18 holes is just too many. I'd rather break it up into days and, and, and take yep. more time on those nines. Um, so definitely, you know, picking targets off the tee is very important. But even more important is just kind of around the green. There's a lot of false fronts, a lot of balls where they can run off. Uh, a lot of tight chipping area. So we've done a lot of chipping and a lot of putting, uh, kind of on the golf course, just to kind of get a feel for how things are getting a feel for how the bunkers are going to play. Um, but just definitely, you know, missing it in the right spot. Never don't miss it in the low spot. Um, it's a game (laughs) of misses. Everybody knows that. So it's just kind of, where do you want to miss it? And that's kind of what we try to figure out.
0: Well said indeed. Um, so uh, I'm curious, um, in terms of, uh, prep for an event like this, um, will you hit uh, putts to like every pin position that you're going to see? And and what's that scouting like? How much is that you versus your caddy and the rest of your team, you know, leaning in a moment like this?
2: Yeah, definitely lean on the caddy for that because obviously we've never been here before. So we don't know, you know, other golf courses in years past. We know exactly where they're going to put the days, you know, might be different each day, but it's it's definitely in the same vicinity. So uh, we have little discs and my caddy will throw them down in various places, probably five or six different spots and just kind of hit a few putts to those. I like to write in the yardage book, which way they broke. Uh, especially if they're a little bit tricky, you know, on a fall line, um, just to kind of write it down. So maybe if I have that putt in the tournament, I'll, I'll already know, and I can be confident with that putt. So yeah. um, definitely doing a bunch of that, and uh, just kind of learning the speed too. It's the speed is very is a very good one.
0: Yeah, no putting all over every part of the green. Very important for learning courses. Mm-hmm. Got to get on get good on the greens first <laughs> and foremost. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brittany Lintz to come joining us here on the Course of Life. Uh, let's get to some fun conversation now. I love following on Instagram. It's Brittany One Golf. <laughs> Um, and you were very excited this week mm-hmm. about something notable. Is this the nicest courtesy car <laughs> that you've ever gotten? I don't know. It might be. It's got to be up there, right? It's
2: definitely. Yeah, I, I think it is the, the nicest by far. So <laughs> when I checked in originally, um, I have my mom and dad, both daughters. So I have two car seats, stroller, golf bag, lots oh, of bags. Wow. <laughs> um, I got an Expedition, like a, a bigger vehicle. And then uh, today they were like, hey, you know, we have the Bentley R- Reserve for you, past Champion why don't you just take it and drive it for a few days? And I was like, well, of course I'll do that. So it's this beautiful blue and um, I'm terrified to drive it. You know, I've, I've, I've let it, I'm not going to, I'll be honest. I let it out a, a couple of times already just to see, you know, what it does. But um, I, when I go around another car, or if I'm going around a curb, I definitely take it a little bit wider than normal just to make sure I don't put any scratches on it.
0: Nope, that's smart too. <laughs> Lydia Co just said in her press comment, she's 10 and 2 the whole time <laughs> well, on, the, on the Bentley. Bentley. <laughs> it's great. I love it. Um, one other thing, unfortunately, different level of transportation. Uh, we both got bit by some airlines recently. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you had an issue with Delta. I was part of the infamous uh, Southwest Airlines Christmas time meltdown oh, that kept no. me at my wife's family for an extra week. Oh, no. Um, so there was a lot of that craziness going on. I got a great refund out of that. But oh, okay. um, fortunately, um, What's Was that your worst travel experience with Delta or what sort of nightmares you had recently?
2: Yeah, you know, it just made it that much worse because I had my now eight month old daughter with me. Yeah. So if it's my, by myself, like it's not a big deal. It is what it is. No big deal. But um, having her with me made it a little bit more challenging. So they canceled my flight twice and I wasn't going to risk, you know, sticking around with Delta for one more day. So I actually ended up booking a Southwest flight on my own and yep. flying home that way just because I was, I was terrified. But I got a lot of miles. I got refunded. I got some credits. Um, they, they did what they needed to do to kind of make it right, which was great. But, um, you know, anytime you're traveling with a child, it's obviously, you just want to get from point A to point B in the quickest amount of time. And that was going to be a red eye. So I was hoping she was going to sleep the whole way. So my Southwest flight, I had two stops going home, which is not ideal, but, uh, we made it and and it all worked out.
0: (laughs) Let's get into that quickly. The traveling with kids, a buddy of mine just had his third kid. A lot of my my friends have kids and they're traveling with them constantly. You travel a lot with your kids. Mm -hmm. I can tell what, what are the secrets? I know it's really hard to pick like the exact right time of day to fit yep. it in maybe with the nap or mm-hmm. maybe before. So mm-hmm. what, what are your tips for traveling with kids? I feel
2: like both my girls are great sleepers on the plane. I oh, mean, okay. obviously, You're if you, yeah, super lucky. <laughs> so if you can plan it around a nap, that's obviously ideal, but you never know what the airline's going to do. So, uh, definitely don't let them sleep before you get on the plane. That's a no, no, uh, have lots of snacks. The three-year-old loves to have snacks on the airplane. Uh, we have an iPad obviously for, for some movie time, but, um, even both girls, you know, from Tampa to Houston coming up here, they slept the whole way. So uh, I'm pretty lucky, but I, I, I imagine some parents are not as lucky. So <laughs> yeah, no, good sleep as wow. Yeah. Feeling.
0: All right, cool. Let's get into our random rule question here. Oh. This is not a
2: quiz on how well you know the rules. This is a funny
0: question about a <coughs> random rule. So just tell me when to stop. Stop. All right, let's see. Oh no. Any <laughs> suspended play. All right. So these rules are about when a uh, play gets suspended. Do you have any random story <laughs> about like when play gets suspended or like has the <laughs> horn blown in your swing or like what, what's a weird Actually, like no.
2: They, they're pretty good at judging, you know, where players are on the golf course. Yeah. So I've never had one in my backswing, thank goodness. But they definitely come at the worst times when you have a five footer to save par and you have momentum going your way and you just want to tap it in. But obviously, then you have a Hour to rain delay, and then you got to go back out and try to make that five footer. That's a little bit tricky, but um, you know, obviously the rules officials can't handle the the storms, and you just got to do what it does. But
0: (laughs) have you had like the rushing in to get seventeen done to finish your round late at night? Have you done that late at
2: night for sure? Darkness. I will play (laughs) if it is pitch black. I am not coming back to play one more hole, and everybody knows that. Like. It will be on 18 tee box while you're putting out on 17. Yep, Once the flag goes in, I'm going, you know, just, <laughs> just to try to get it in. So we don't have to come back at 7 a.m. the next morning. Amen to that. <laughs>
0: um, all right, let's get into some food questions. Start with the 19th hole question, which we ask all of our guests here. We've been asking it for years. The question is vital. It's when you finish a great round, you birdie 18 and you get into the clubhouse. This is a really nice one here. This is um, what's your go-to order, your favorite meal and drink to order at the 19th hole.
2: Oh goodness. Um, If it's during the day lunch, it's probably a burger. I feel like nice country clubs have really good burgers, whether Mm. it's a, you know, a bacon cheeseburger or some type of like Gouda cheese or some fancy cheese, you know, on a burger uh, with some French fries is definitely. And probably these days, a high noon. I I love the high noon. Nice. Okay, good. Getting the
0: seltzer vibe. I like that. Good stuff. All right. Last but not least, we have a little Texas hospitality for you here. Unfortunately, you're a little later in the day, so you didn't get the first pick of snacks. (laughs) But these are snacks from the legendary Bucky's. I don't know if you've ever been, oh, but yeah. it's a gigantic gas station, rest stop market all in one. So unfortunately, some top picks have already been taken off the board early in the day.
2: Just but randomly, my husband and I took a trip to the mountains and we stopped at one and it was like a 30 minute process because I went in just to use the restroom quickly with the three oh, yeah, year old just do that. and then went out and had told my husband how wonderful it was. So yeah. we all went in and. It was a huge thing.
0: <laughs> and the, even the bathrooms are elegant, they too. They are. So my yeah. mom walked out. I took my mom there for the first time. She was fascinated by Bucky. She said, those are the nicest public bathrooms I've been in in years, Alexander. amazing. <laughs> so yeah, Bucky's is a lot of fun. Okay. We got the jalapeno cheese puffs. We got mm. the Nutty Bites and the chocolate meringues left. Which one do you want to make yours for the week here?
2: I think I'm going to go Nutty Bites. Yeah. That seems right up my Texan alley. too. Yeah.
0: Cinnamon, pecan, a little spice to it. Yeah.
2: It's got the Texas zest. That's right up my alley. So
0: enjoy that.
2: Enjoy Thank the rest you. of the week.
0: Uh, thank you so much for hopping on the course of life and I uh, look yeah. forward to following the rest of the career.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: And we're back. Great chat there with Brittany. Awesome uh family circus traveling with her on the road that's that's pretty i mean i think i would have my kids family probably on traveling the road with me, too.
0: multiple kids on the road planes rental cars hotels like and she's playing professional golf by the way as well too yeah and doing pretty well at it yeah. so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really cool conversation with Brittany there and, and again you and i've been watching her for decades so it was awesome to to finally connect the dots and, and have a golfer on that we, we really been watching for a long time out there
1: and what do we got coming up on Instagram with her later this week? Yes.
0: And after the interview, I did a fun little this or that. You've noticed that in some of my recent conversations, I've been doing some this, this or that's to wrap up. And I asked some funny rapid fire questions of Brittany. So again, COL podcast on Instagram. That's the only place you're going to see that uh, for this or that with Brittany. let come.
1: All right, let's talk a little NFL draft. It had happened this past week. We, of course, had a preview about it just a couple of weeks prior as well. And what do, you, what do you think, Alex? How are you feeling about your Patriots after the draft? So it was interesting. You can take a
0: look at the, the Giants board while I, you know, glay into Bill Belichick. What happened was, you know, he went hard in the trenches. He, he realized that we were just getting absolutely beat up in the trenches the last couple of years. So he laid it on thick with linemen and interior pass rushers and offensive linemen here. Just literally no skill players at all for the first, like, I believe four or five rounds. And then, of course, he reeled me back in with some sexy wide receivers, that were underplayed and undervalued that had been great a couple of years ago. So overall, I'm giving him like a C C+. It was a frustrating start to the draft. We got a good cover corner in round one. But uh, we'll see what the late round picks do. He always loves to, to feast on making these six or seven rounders into amazing things. So we'll see if he
1: can do it again for a team that certainly needs it this year. My Giants meanwhile it sounds like they had a good draft. You know, I don't know anything about anything other than when the Giants won the Super Bowl over the Patriots. Mm. You remember that? Twice. Yeah, I do. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Uh but it sounds like uh, it might be an A for them. Sounds like they might have done pretty well. Yeah, I mean the interesting thing
0: that we're going to see now is Do these players that the Giants bring in through free agency in the draft this season help make Daniel Jones, you know, 10, 15, 20% better? You know, him at his peak, he's a serviceable NFL quarterback. He got the bag because he got the team to the playoffs at the opportune moment. Him with Brian Dable and some new chemistry on offense. Could be some interesting things to come for the Giants. More optimism heading into this upcoming season than we've been able to express
1: in recent years for you. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think a lot to build on after last year. So, you know, Super Bowl win or bust. That's what I got to say now. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Let's hashtag always end with food.
0: Yes, that's right. At always end with food for our obnoxious food content as well, too. And there's going to be a lot coming this week, Mike. Mm. I had a great time at the resort here, but I've got a Vegas week. Upcoming. So that that always leads to some good food content. And this is great, Mike, because as you know, I've been to Vegas a couple of times. It, it's always been for kind of pretty, you know, hit and run trips last times to see a Patriots game. But this time's unique because I've got a 72 hour trip there but I don't have quite too much of an itinerary. So I did a lot of research with some YouTube videos and I found all the great food spots, the cheap happy hours, the unique deals on every snack you can imagine. So it's going to be very Vegas food filled. And I'd say it's maybe my most mature itinerary ever. It's got nothing past 10 or 11 p.m. It's got no nightclubs inside at all. How about that? I I mean, welcome to your mid (laughs) thirties.
1: I know. Or should I say, Welcome to the doorstep of your late 30s. Yeah. Oh, God. Jesus. Yeah.
0: Either either way, it doesn't sound great. Uh, but the highlight meal, which you'll appreciate, is yeah. going to be Gordon Ramsey's Hell's Kitchen right you on the strip it. there next to Caesar's Palace. Uh, Mike, and, and you can check out the menu in your spare time for the prices that we're about to pay this week to eat at Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen. I, I'm going to expect it to be
1: served by Gordon Ramsay himself. It's I mean, I mean this better be on a, on a gold platter <laughs> yes. with, studded with diamonds that you get to take home with you because I know it's expensive. You're talking, what, at least $100 a plate here? Um, I'm thinking we're, it's probably going to be in that range. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've had some expensive meals. I don't think I've ever paid paid over $50 for a plate of food though. Yeah.
0: It's going to be probably one of my more expensive meals ever, but it will be a treat when in Vegas you're on the strip. So it'll be a fun time. Lots of food content ahead. Yeah. And, and hopefully I can, uh, I can get lucky either here in New Mexico, uh, or in Vegas on the slots or at the roulette table. Uh, Cause I'm going to certainly need it for that dinner. Yep. All right. That's a route. That's always ended with food. And that's another course of life podcast. Uh, As a reminder, check out the live take app, check out desert Fox and check out swing juice. Our friends of the show. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe right now and we will see you next week.